last time on Dice Funk. Frank has the status bad knees. <laughs> <laughs> And you can't take the dash action. So that's the first thing I want to establish. I think we come out on balance from this footage as, like, having done the right thing. You get shot right in the spine. You take zero damage. So 15 if you're taking full damage, seven if you're taking half. Oh, I'm dead. It's it's ironic echo. It's the yeah, same place I you shot, shot Katarina yeah. and then blow, yeah. It's a Gatling gun, so it's very bad. I'd say your arm is, like, half off. Is fighting an inevitable in our current state a smart thing for us to do? No. no. He's going to hand over his actual wedding ring and just look to the group and go, should have done this when this died. You four, you're very popular. You're the face of the brand. Please start brainstorming strategies for our takeovers. Sure. We're the heads of administration right now as a group. And her expectation is you guys are going to start taking over the other branches. Cool. If we can bring down Be- uh, Beatrice Beauregard, then we could stop a known criminal and it would allow you to continue to expand administration's control over the crown. <laughs> what crimes has Bo committed besides being incredibly dashing? We have an eyewitness report that she's killed people. With a single word. That's a powerful word I've heard. Mm. Everybody's heard about her, bud. <laughs> Alright, so on the last episode of this show, that's now I intro this thing, doesn't matter, too late, we're already in it. You guys uh, successfully brought to justice, depending on your definition of justice, the mass murderer, Ash, conduit of mercy. You got home, uh, Frank had to trade his wedding ring to make that happen, um, but you got home, and now Justice Alistair has basically foisted all of her duties onto you in an effort to take the most relaxed vacation she can possibly do. So that's where we are. Um, now we're going to level up and we're going to spend some downtime between this and the next shoot 'em up adventure. So whoever wants to talk first, you can talk now. I'm going to jump in and talk first because I'm tired and I'll get it out of the way so I can nap through the rest of the episode. <laughs> uh, so level up stuff. Frank's level nine now. He gets a proficiency bonus of plus one, which increases some numbers. He gets a third level, a uh, third level four spell slot, and his first level five. Ooh. And he learnt two cool new spells: um, immolation and vitriolic sphere. Also, we got five extra max HP, so he's a bit less squishy. So that's that's where that's where Frank's at this week. I'm wondering why you got vitriolic sphere. Are you just plotting on like melting Ed down to parts so you can forge a new uh, ring? To get back at him for making you give up your old wedding wedding band is that is that the plan hey, here? Hey, if if it comes to it and that's the only way to make things work with the hubby, then you know we'll we'll do what we gotta do. I like how Frank's whole character arc is he's basically a good guy who keeps uh be- being forced into situations where he has to kill to survive, and then he, at a certain point he's just like fuck it, I'm gonna take a spell called immolation i'm sure i'll find a non-lethal use for that Which i'm gonna point out that immolation if someone dies as a result of that spell it explicitly says they're rendered into ash so there's no way to non-violently non-lethally kill someone oh, with immolation it's always lethal 
Always lethal. That's only if you kill. That's only if you use it to kill them. <laughs> Too bad you didn't use that on Ash. That would have been really funny if you would have rendered Ash. Yeah, if, I, Ash. if I could have turned Ash to Ash. Yeah, yeah. So this this downtime episode, surprising no one, Frank's going to do more family downtime because that's his whole shtick. <laughs> Everybody loves Dad. New sitcom from ABC. <laughs> Who is it starring? Dad. Dad. Frank as dad. Who's unproblematic these days? I don't think anybody. Frank is unfortunately <laughs> a fairly problematic dad. <laughs> no, <laughs> Frank! Oh my god, we got milkshake ducked by Frank. Oh god. See, so yeah, I, I, I have like a mental image for how like, I, I know how I want the beginning of this downtime scene to go for Frank, which is he is totally turning up to um to see the kids in the loser-mobile. <laughs> So when do you picture, where do you picture this? Like at, at Alexander's house, you're picking them up from school, soccer practice. I'm, I'm picturing like maybe picking, picking, um, picking Forrest up from school in the loser mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe doing, doing something a little bit before heading back. I do want to have a scene with Frank and um, Alexander back at the house at the end of the downtime. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Why don't you roll performance to roll up to the school in your superhero vehicle in the coolest way possible okay. to impress all the children? Come on, if I ever needed a crit, it's now. Uh, 12. 12 is above average. So I like to think that you go to the garage where it's being fixed. It's actually not fully fixed yet. It still has some bullet holes in it, but you want that. That's that's impressive. So you, <laughs> you kind of borrow it from the garage <laughs> while the, the mechanics are eating lunch or something. You go pick up Forrest from school, you roll up to the, the middle school, because he's about that age, with your superhero armored car full of bullet holes, uh, driving carefully. I don't know if you have a license. We haven't really established Frank's not a great driver, though. We know that. I, I like to think if Frank was a parent, I, I like to think he had a license. He had a license, at least. Okay. I don't know if he's had it renewed recently. <laughs> so with the 12 above average, you you pull it off. You look cool. You're very calm and collected. And you roll up on it, but you don't do you don't add any flair. You don't do like slide into a parking space or, you know, <laughs> uh, Tokyo drift around a uh, uh, a group of kids to show off so you just you play it safe and conservative but everyone is impressed you, you see all the kids like whispering and talking and Forrest walks out and he has he's torn between embarrassment and uh, admiration because it is still embarrassing to have your parents show up and draw a lot of attention to themselves <laughs> possibly but I imagine less so if they're your superhero parents at least yeah he is obviously yeah, he's very conflicted about all the stuff going on with Frank you're a very complex uh, parental figure for him. He's gonna need some therapy. <laughs> Big mood. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm imagining that um, Diane probably like in the car ready, and I'm just gonna like once Forrest is in the car, be like, "Hey, yeah. Uh, so we got a couple of hours before. Uh, I've got to get you back to uh, Dad Number Two. So, uh, <laughs> anything you fancy doing today? Uh, what would Forrest like to do? I think he would like to learn to drive. He is a middle schooler. <laughs> oh, no. So I think that's what he wants to do. Go to an empty parking lot and you teach him how to drive. How does that sound? We can do this. But if dad too asks what we did today, we went for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'm not going to make you roll with that because you're not really convincing me anything. You're just adding some flavor to that. Yeah. And he definitely likes he likes that because it's a ba- it's bad boy. He's very uh, into the idea of 
uh, being duplicitous right now. What would well, Diane keep her mouth shut? <laughs> Forest, don't die. <laughs> so what? What do I have to roll to like teach for to teach Forest how to drive without crashing into anything? I, that sounds like an intelligence check to me. Okay, uh, you're being a teacher. What? What is my intelligence? Uh, Plus five. Okay, that's another twelve. Two twelves in a row. Uh, Frank is having a slightly above average day, all things considered. <laughs> I, I think I think Frank would honestly take above average at this point. He's had enough below average days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's all you need to get through it, huh? Yeah. All right, so uh, you teach Forrest the basics of driving. You guys are in this empty p- parking lot, and he can park, and he can pull out. He checks his mirrors, does all that good stuff, and he is getting the hang of it. Um, so... Is there anything you guys talk about while he's doing this? Because he he's learning and he's doing good, but he's not uh, he's not a wunderkind or anything. Yeah. So while while he's doing this, Frank's gonna be like, um, how how are things things going since I last saw you? Uh, things going going well at the moment. Yeah, I guess. Anything uh, new in your life at the second? All my friends saw you get smashed in half by a dead god. That. That happened. Well, I teleported out of it. My legs still just about work. <laughs> yeah. Not many people get get crushed by a god. <laughs> I got better. Yeah, I got better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I guess it was kind of cool. But how are people responding to that? Is that a like? Are they giving you any hassle or anything? Or all my friends keep asking if I can introduce them to Rat Girl. Uh, Rat Girl's pretty alright. If if you, if it would help increase your your cred around school, I can probably get Rat Girl to like pop an appearance in. <gasps> really? I mean, yeah, I, I can ask. They've I've I've, I've got a picture. Uh, Frank's gonna like root around in the glove box looking for the uh, like the picture of that Rat Girl did of him being like all strong and protective the first like the first time they met. Um, yeah, uh, this is a uh, Rat Rat Girl drew this for me. Wow. On pretty good terms. How much is that worth? <laughs> uh, it, it's worth me not being dead. It's good for that. But yeah, I can, I can, I can ask if if that'd be a thing that'd, you know, go well for you. Do you think she'd let me bring her sword to show and tell? I think that she would draw you with the sword. I think that we could probably swig a picture of you with the sword by a rat girl. We could probably get that done. <laughs> That'd probably be pretty valuable, like a first edition uh, Charis toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charis toys. I, I, I saw one of those in 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 Underground Pokemon Go the other day. See, I'm I'm learning. I, I know what things are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you did you watch C three this year, Dad? Oh <laughs> my god! Oh, I, I, I really liked how many of the games had duck bats in them this year. They're really catching on. <laughs> I'm really excited for Steampunk 3077. <laughs> the future what? looks cool. Uh, but uh, hot takes. <laughs> yeah, how's is is everything going? All right with uh, with uh, your dad and. Diane. Diane says, Diane, me. <laughs> yep, Diane, you. Fra- Frank's going for a high five with Diane. <laughs> She's so excited about being Diane. She is. She, you just, when you hear your name, yeah. just dopamine. Is it? I usually think I did something wrong. 
<laughs> that's a that's a separate psychosis we can talk about I, later. I know if I hear my name, I go, "Oh, it me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. It's like that Michael Sarah thing. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, gosh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So, so many references in this episode. Uh. But yeah, Forrest says, um, uh, d- Dad seems um. Dad's been working a lot. Apparently, there's a lot going on at the company with all of the news and the stuff. Yeah, I, I imagine as much. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chat to him, see how he's uh, doing when we get back. But um, yeah, it was. We should probably start heading back uh, soon. But ice cream. Okay, we're gonna go through ice cream. We're gonna go through ice cream before we go back, because then it's not a lie. When you tell Dad <laughs> that we went for ice cream, it's just a mission. It's not a lie at that point. Ice cream. We go for ice cream. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of ice cream do you get? Um, Frank has like gelato. Frank is getting like four, maybe five <laughs> scoops of different types of chocolate ice cream with many types of chocolate sauce over it. Just lots of chocolate. Okay, so you guys are getting ice cream, and uh, you guys are like, I, I don't know how you're picturing this, but I'm picturing it like one of those places where there's a bunch of machines, and you kind of walk around and make your own stuff. Yeah. And you guys are milling around. You're very invested in your ice cream creation, Frank. <laughs> and you see um, Forrest uh, is uh, sees someone he knows. He sees like a girl from school, and he's very flustered and embarrassed, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. You uh, got your own someone over there, have you? No, Dad, I'm just trying to get some cookies on the ice cream. God. C- come on, Dad. Don't be like a total uh, <laughs> uh, uh, person that cares about my feelings. Gosh. No, no, no. How about you roll to go away, Dad? It's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's cool. It's cool. Um, what, what, do you, what do you know about them? Do you know, do you know what that sort of things I like? <laughs> uh, she's, uh, she's on the track team. Ow's, mm, let me think. Let me think. I've got, I've got to think of a good way I can help you out here. Um, Dad, you can barely walk, let alone run. What can you possibly know about track? <laughs> um, oh, 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 I want to check if I can do a thing. Ha! Uh, okay, this is what I'm talking about. This is a role-play experience, boys and girls. Okay, I don't think that on paper I can really do this, but I'm going to tell you what <laughs> I want to do, and we'll see if we can find a way to make this work. Uh-huh. Can I cast Expeditious Retreat on Forest? <laughs> all right <laughs> R- read us expeditious retreat okay this spell allows you to move an incredible pace uh when you cast it then as a bonus action on each of your turns until the spell ends you can take the dash action and this is usually only cast on self correct this is usually only on self i am i am playing a bit of calvin ball here can we can can we find a way to do this <laughs> Um, why don't you roll me a, uh, spell, uh, check with your spell modifier and your proficiency. So that'd be a plus eight to do a little bit of magic experimentation. This is not a tested spell. This is like, cause wizards invent spells all the time, right? That's the whole wizard thing. You're trying to do that now. Well, excuse me. I believe it's, I believe it's a plus nine, actually not a plus eight here. Oh yes. Everyone's at level nine. So your proficiency bonuses went up. So D20 plus nine. Let's give this a go. You've been D&D'd. Uh, 21. 
All right, yeah, very good. Uh, so, like a like an old timey wizard in a tower with his long beard, he wrapped around his finger as he thinks. Frank, you do a little bit of a magical experimentation, and you cast a untested spell on your son to make him run very fast to impress a girl. <laughs> and isn't that what middle school is really like? Yeah, d- does it impress the girl? This is what I need to know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I guess I'll make a roll for Forrest, huh? Um, <laughs> what is his charisma? He's a teen. He's, he's a preteen boy. So I'm gonna say minus five. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, seven. Okay, so he f- he failed, but watch this. All right, so he's v- much faster than he thought. He's got to go fast. So. He goes uh, sprinting out to the car uh, very conspicuously with his ice cream and he trips over his own gangly ass feet because that's how it be. That's just that's how it be sometimes. Personal experience. And he does a sick ass flip and lands in a bush. And it's not impressive for running, but it's very funny and she cracks up. And sometimes that is the best way to <laughs> get somebody to like you. <laughs> uh, this is good. This is good. I, I, I am feeling this wholesome family content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone keeps asking, can we just have a season where nothing bad happens? And A, no. But B, we could have episodes like this. See, this is what I was going for until Austin had to go throw a bunch of tension in the way. <laughs> in another universe, we have three listeners, but it's a very wholesome show about family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, with somewhat messy, sticky results, Forrest definitely got ice cream all over his dang self. Uh, you can take the fam back to Alexander's. Um, do you guys want to chat a little bit? Yeah, I'd like to have Frank chat with Alexander, like, away from the kids for a little bit before, to, to finish up the scene. So, uh, Diane definitely goes in to watch TV. Her show's on. Uh, Forrest has to go shower because he's covered in ice cream. So, you and uh, Alexander can sit in, like, the dining room table where once Ash sat. Very ominous. The whole room has a weird vibe now. But you guys are at that table. And he's he looks uh, kind of stressed and tired. He he kind of perfunctor early. I don't know why I even tried to say that word. <laughs> he, he kind of, um, as if he was supposed to, was like frustrated that Forrest was covered in ice cream but you could tell his heart wasn't in it it was just like oh this is the part where I'm mad about that because his mind is somewhere else oh uh have you been Alexander I uh things have been a bit busy I guess you could say that I guess you could also say that it's my job to make the media branch look good so that they can snap up all the other branches and I have to report on the news but it's making your branch look good so yeah, it's making my job a lot harder, huh? Yeah, it's uh, as you're probably guessing. It's not how I planned any of this to pan out, but yeah, <laughs> I know you, Frank. <laughs> you wouldn't intentionally do this. No. You, you you do it pretty fine unintentionally. I look. We we need a we need a talk for a minute. Um, mm, all my favorite conversations start. We need to talk. So I'm excited. <laughs> Honestly, this one might be one of your favorites because this one might be about less of me, you know, trying to hang around. It it's been great connecting back with Forrest and Diane. It's it's been really good, but I think this is the time where I need to just I'm I'm resetting my priorities a bit. Um I'm gonna put it this way. Since since we last properly spoke 
I'm well aware that we ain't getting back together that much, is for sure. I know that. I want I want Forrest and Diane to have a better world to grow up in. I've ended up in a bunch of messy situations, it sounds like you have too, because of the way this this place is run right now, and uh, if I have to choose between trying to get what I want, trying to get family back, and making things better for family, I think I've got to grow up and make that choice, so I'm going to try and get enough of a reputation together that I can do something to change this place, and I don't know if you can do anything to help in media. If you can't, that's fine. I get it. Hands tied. But I'm going to stop being so focused on trying to get back something that clearly isn't my life anymore. So just don't worry about me getting you guys in danger because I'm selfishly trying to get you guys back. Like A persuasion roll? 17. Wow, I'm actually really good. That's very good for a plus two. I'm I'm getting like my low yeah. bonuses are getting me high scores and my high bonuses low scores. I don't know what's up at the moment. Hmm. It's just one of those days. One of them days. Alexander says <laughs> it's so very Frank Westerly for you finally to be able to communicate as you say you're gonna stop communicating. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so kudos to staying on brand. Yeah. I never really was there. Much good for uh, communication, was I? Wasn't, 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 it wasn't super grateful, yeah. It is true what they say, though. Better late than never. Because obviously I can't help you explicitly and openly at media. I will definitely lose my job. But yeah, if I had some kind of idea of what you were actually trying to accomplish, there are things... I... I I was about to explain to you the concept of a dog whistle, but you're you're a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. You're you're under, you can understand how I can say things without saying things. Yeah, I get you. Look, we got to hash stuff out and I'll get back to you once I know firmly what we're doing, but right now the plan is just we're going to play this game. We're going to try and get the public on our side seeing us as people to rely on and trust to to be people that should be looked up to. And then hopefully use that to get a message out that people will listen to. And I have faith that you can do that. I mean, you've done a lot over these last couple of months that I never would have thought. And so I've just, I've gotten more comfortable trusting you, as weird as that sounds after everything that's happened. But I just need a more coherent message from you and your team, because heroism is good, but... Solomon can always, you know, create a problem and then quote unquote fix it. But it's different to have a vision to inspire people. We we're probably gonna sit down and talk about that like soon, soon, like this episode soon. Um but but um <laughs> look you'll you've always been the, the brains of this. You you know media, you know messaging. If you can think of anything to help steer us, I'm all open, but Otherwise, I'm going to talk to the rest of the team and I will definitely get back to you with a vision of what we're going to do. Just as much as I would like to stay in good terms with Diane and Forrest, I know my priority's got to be making the world that they're going to grow up in better. So 
that's where I'm at. Yeah, his his advice is to get a clear actual platform as opposed to just uh, the nebulous idea of making things better, which anyone can say, but yeah. is not really a, a coherent worldview. The only reason I'm not saying anything here is I suspect that this needs to be a group conversation. Like, this is not a thing where Frank goes, yeah, this is our message. Go with it, team. He says some other stuff, but Austin is going to break it down just to make it simpler, is that Obviously, since like episode two or three, it's been clear that Solomon Luna is a very bad person and he's doing bad stuff. But there has been basically zero attempt by the player characters to stop him or put any obstacles in his way. You guys have accomplished a lot. You've killed a lot of bad people. You've stopped a lot of bad plots. You've, you've made done a lot of stuff in this world. It's just you're always your priorities have been somewhere else but Solomon Luna. So while you guys do other things, all the NPCs are also doing their own things, right? Like this is a world where everyone has their own uh, agendas yep. and yep. priorities. Mm-hmm. And Solomon Luna has been untouched this entire time so he has been whatever he's been up to this whole time behind the scenes has been completely oops uh without difficulty for him and that's just something i want to put out there okay okay oops is is there anything that he can give us on what solomon is up to (laughs) all alexander can say is it's pretty common knowledge that hospitality is behind dealing the drugs but they only take a portion at the end of the day, do you know who makes the drugs in Valentine? Well, from context, I'm guessing Solomon Luna. <laughs> yeah, let's just say I've had to spike a lot of stories over the last couple of months about people investigating that. That's all I'll say at this point. Okay, that is definitely useful. That is useful information. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been good. It's been good to chat and to sort of see eye to eye for once. It's been too long. Just make sure you pack extra bibs next time. We're going to run out of clothes at this rate. Every time. Ice cream. Every single thing. Unless you've got some very large bibs, then that ain't helping for the uh, forest. (laughs) We need full body bibs. Uh, (laughs) Isn't that just a snuggie? (laughs) I think that's just a onesie. It's fine. It's fine. He he, He got to impress a girl. So it's all good. He got to entertain a girl. Okay, he got to entertain a girl. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did, he, he, he got noticed and that's off the battle. Uh, so Frank, uh, you've improved relations with Forrest. I'm just going to make the subtext text. Yeah. And you have some, some stuff going on. You know about Solomon Luna is more dangerous than perhaps the group has given him credit for. And the party needs a coherent message as part of their reputation plan. So got a lot, got a lot actually accomplished and established in that wholesome family yeah. scene. I feel very good about this this downtime. Well done. Woo, go me. <laughs> Love that family. Who's next? Me. What level are you at? Uh, the same level as everyone else, which is level nine. Oh, I thought it was 13. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Forgot the numbers for a second. All right. What's your level look like? I got to put another point to my proficiency bonus, so I'm just a little bit better at everything. Um, I got one spell and I took blight. All my spells lost are now level five, so my blight does ninety-eight damage. That's a lot of damage. Um, I think the coolest thing I got is a new Eldritch Invocation, and I took Mire the Mind. So I can cast slow once per long rest using a warlock spell slot. Basically, I just make everything really slow. <laughs> nice. As previously established in various seasons of the show, slow and haste are low-key the most powerful spells in D&D. Yep. Um, haste in particular, 
without really any exaggeration, is the best concentration spell in the entire game. And slow, its corollary is also it's very good. Um, very, very good. Yes. Yeah, and I can also time around up to six creatures in a forty-foot cube. Yep. The, the 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 best part about slow, in my opinion, are two things. One, creatures can't use reactions when they're slowed, and secondly, if they try to cast a spell, they have to. They have a. Um, they have to roll a d twenty. They have to they have a fifty percent chance that the spell doesn't happen until their next turn, and they have to spend an action on that turn to cast the spell. So that's just like, woof. That is. Some mean stuff there. Y'all gonna get matrixed. <laughs> That's devastating. Uh, so that was my level up, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, for my downtime, I was gonna take my bird girlfriend to meet my cat parents for a nice family dinner. That sounds like hijinks are definitely going to ensue. Oh, yeah. Hijinks are going to ensue. Uh, so during the scene, I'm going to play Sarah, the Bozog, which for people who may have forgotten is kind of an ostrich velociraptor creature that is unique to Dice Funk's lore. Um, and your two parents, uh, Joe and Nora? Norma. Norma um, are also there. And I know some listeners don't like when I talk to myself. So do I have any volunteers to play Lenora's normcore ass parents? Oh, my God. Oh, geez. Part of me wants to volunteer because I just like the idea of playing dads. Yeah, please. Too many dads. Too many dads. Too many dads. All right. So, Chris, you play uh, Norma, Lenora's mom. And uh, Laura, you play... You play Joe Desmond, Lenora's dad. You guys, they're just normal, suburban, regular-ass parents. No oh, pressure. Shit. <laughs> yeah, this is really about Lenora and Sarah's character relationship. You guys are mostly comic relief. <laughs> Adorable comic relief. So, Lenora, paint us a picture of the scene. Well, welcome to our family home. At the dinner table, there are our finest cans of wet food. And bread wrapped in plastic that we have to chew through. We have we have uh, we have both the uh, the jelly and the gravy kind in today. We're happy and a bit fancy. Oh shit! I forgot about the jelly kind of cat food. Oh, the jelly kind is the only kind of kind. It's, it's it's the one that comes clean out of the packet. <laughs> this is Lauren and Laura subtweeting their cats. <laughs> Garnish of kibbles. Is this a is this a catnip free household? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. If you ask either of the parents, this is a cat knit free household. But uh Yeah, they this is not based on real life. Cough cough. Uh they like to pretend that they don't. And no, no, never. Never touch the stuff. Um, never touch the stuff. They no, use no. catnip, but I've caught them before. Oh no, there little Lenora there never give us any kind of uh drugs there, but did she do make some pretty banging brownies last year during the holidays and they really got us going something crazy oh, there? I they know. Did. They, was, they were so good, weren't they? We just sat down and just vegged out for a whole evening on some lovely brownies. Are my pants are Minnesota. Yes, we're Minnesota. Welcome to Fargo. We're Minnesota parents. <laughs> they, they were just the best. Um, all right, so Sarah the Bozog introduces herself to your parents. She holds out a wing. Uh, Bozogs don't have hands, but she knows how handshakes work. Oh, nice to meet you there. How you doing? <laughs> Take a load off your feet, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been on my feet all day. A lot of kicking. Mom, you've never spoken like that before. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I, there was a couple more brownies there back in, the, <laughs> back in the back of the refrigerator. I just had a couple, oh, don't no, you know? We're just trying. We're just a bit nervous trying to make a good impression on your friend. Yeah, I want to look good in front of your nice, pretty girlfriend, don't you know? 
All right. So you guys sit down at the dinner table. Um, uh, I think Sarah is going to speak up first, definitely, and be like, oh, so... um, Please, I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She says, "Uh, so uh, you guys must be pretty proud of Lenora and the whole superhero thing. She's on the news all the time. Oh, it's so good. I mean, we were real proud of her when she was uh, 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 you know, one of those uh, slingy people, the music, with all the, the music that you do. But <laughs> it's really good to see you found another job up in the upper part of the city. It's real good. See, we still don't, uh, we did not really know what she was doing with the music, and we don't really know what she's doing with this <laughs> superhero nonsense now, but it's nice. I up. hate the music she plays. <laughs> it, I hate it. It's just the worst. But Mom, it's, it's, well, it's making her happy, and that's all that matters to us. Please. Are you guys worried at all? Why would they be worried? Why would we be worried? It's 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 just like uh like uh, uh the thing for the the papers, isn't it? Yeah, you're not actually fighting their superheroes, are you? It's not real. I've never I've never <laughs> got shot. Yeah, you're just like one of the stories I watch. Your army getting a sling is totally just a a a, 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 a bit, you know, for the press. You know, I fell down the stairs. The way we keep hearing about it is that it's just it's like being in a soap opera or something. It's all scripted and it's just to get everyone's morale up a bit. If I think that's that's right, yeah, yeah, I'm an actor. That's my job. Lenora almost got her arm ripped off the other week. Oh, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, that's too normal. Lenora, what? I've always said the proudest thing I am about my daughter is her ability to keep her shoulders connected to the rest of her body i say that all the time don't i (laughs) oh my lord Uh, everyone is so excited to fucking dunk that we're all talking over each other it's right i know i'm getting so dunk my face is so hard i don't know what to do (laughs) i didn't expect this otis (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right so um yeah i'm gonna like pull sarah aside be like oh we're gonna get more punch (laughs) <laughs> yep, just dinner punch like cats do. <laughs> AKA chicken broth. Mm-hmm. Uh hey, so my parents don't know about uh the violence. They think I'm just like I just dress up and pose. Okay. So you're Yeah, I lie I lie to them a lot. Oh, that's not good. Listen, (laughs) sometimes it's easier Mm -hmm. to not tell your parents what you do with your adult life because you're afraid of disappointing them. And then you're like, oh, they're going to worry and they're going to be mad at me, even though I'm a grown up and I can do what I want. So uh, and then you say, oh, I'll tell them eventually. But then you never tell them. This got so fucking real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was calling out myself. I'm sorry, I, everyone. No, uh, I didn't out, expect it. I think it. you're calling out me, too. <laughs> um, in the background, you just see uh, Lenora, your parents are like finishing up their meals. They just push their cups off the table onto the floor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it belongs there. <laughs> are, you, are you two almost done kissing out there? Yeah, I know what you like. Ooh. No, Dad, we were just getting punch. I don't have lips. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a beak. It's so insensitive. I've I've seen I've seen beaked creatures kiss before. Is this all good? Do bozogs have beaks? For the record, bozogs don't have beaks. They have uh, reptile style mouths. Yeah. 
Oh, she's got a snout. Yeah, she's got snout. Um, that's one of the major differentiating factors between Bozogs and ostriches, actually. <laughs> you mean the it's, only? It's, it's, the, it's the one thing that keeps the ostriches from, you know, claiming copyrighted infringement on the Bozogs, you know. Like, you don't want to run afoul of big ostrich. They're very litigious. It's okay if you want to kiss their dearie. We kiss all the Mom! time, me and your father. It's nothing. There's nothing weird about it. Okay, okay. we're going to go sit back down at the table. Oh, no. It's perfectly <laughs> natural. So when I sit back down, I knock over my cup, too. Uh-huh. Sarah pauses for a moment and then does it as well, hesitantly. I'm going to nod. It's tradition. We, we all hiss. No! <laughs> That's our thing. Don't be taking our thing. Oh, God. I'm culturally appropriated. <laughs> Do my parents, as as a cat family, do we sometimes just stick our heads into the sink and then shake it around so everybody gets wet no matter what they're doing? Yeah. Uh, you're the one who decides how tabaxi are. Yes. All right. Then that's canon. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about at this dinner? So how did you, uh, how, how did you two meet then? Oh, uh, we met at my work. Um, I do acting. And Lenora showed up as a kind of a extra. Yeah. Oh, she's like a big deal though. I was just feeling. Oh, it's so lovely when you got something in common. I'm so happy for you both. Thanks, thanks, Ma. Oh wait, what? I didn't who's say anything. DJ is checked again. <laughs> You're both my mother. <laughs> Doctor Oragosius has been asking for you too. By the way, you need to set up an appointment with him there, don't you know? Doctor what? Oragosius. <laughs> What about goats? Uh, Chris is going to play way more NPCs going forward. Um, <laughs> um, so actually, this is Austin now. Does uh, Lenora have any side effects from almost having her arm severed at the shoulder? Um, I would think like joint pain and shit. Okay. Anything mechanical you want to like bring into the scene? Like you're trying to cl- clear up the, the dishes or something and you drop something? Um, yeah. I just, I drop like the whole stack of plates. A whole like ten, like ten. I don't know why we had ten plates. There were only like four of us, but I drop all ten plates. <laughs> oh my! I'm actually gonna make a dexterity saving throw for Sarah to catch him because she's extraordinarily dexterous. Oh wow! With her feathers. Twenty. Holy shit! Coolest girlfriend. Y'all jealous? Uh, like the like Toby Maguire Spider Man one. <laughs> um, yes. Sarah catches all the plates with her feet. And Lenora with a wing. If we're doing Spider-Man 1, he catches Mary Jane and the stuff. Oh, he? did you fall too? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> I like to think you saw her catching the plates and you were just like, oops, and then started slipping. Yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> All right, yep, she catches you with one of her wigs too. We smooch. Oh, goodness. We smooch. You were, you were right there. You were right there, you two. Mom, let me smooch. Oh, my, it's very impressive. <laughs> Dad, Mom. Smooch. Is this part of the show that you do? You look so cute in each other's <laughs> arms. No. Maybe we should give these, well, with just one love bird and a love cat, let's give them some <laughs> privacy, you know? Oh, oh. oh, I see what you did, dear. Oh, you always make me chuckle. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't try to. I feel like people make fun of me behind my back. I'm not trying to be funny. No, no, you're charming, dear. I want to jump off a cliff. Lenore, if you want to use your old room, it's still up there. We still got your old sheets from my little uh, the super ponies up there. The, the, the ponies. <laughs> <laughs> nice world building, Chris. <laughs> Robot half pony. Fuck you. We'll we'll give you both your privacy. My mecha pony. They're all robots. <laughs> my mecha pony. My mecha pony. Okay. Uh, so you guys want to go smoke weed in Lenora's 
childhood bedroom. Yeah, let's play with my Barbies. Okay. <laughs> okay. What's the fantasy version of Barbies? Duck bats. Blo- blo- blobbies? <laughs> I was gonna say Bugberry. Bugberry. Bugbears are a D&D creature. They're like big fuzzy guys. Oh yeah, fashion bugbears, okay. Yeah, in this universe, uh, bugbears are very conventionally attractive, so it, they're like fashion icons. Wow. I'm sure that will come back to haunt me anytime later when I want to use it one. It is big boy season. <laughs> it is big boy season after all. <laughs> um, so you guys, uh, you know, go down nostalgia lane in your bedroom, looking at all your old toys and your posters and, uh, you know, smoking that good, good stuff. And Sarah brings up to you after a little bit. Um, so how would you feel about making another appearance at the um, the Coliseum? Oh, like as as myself and stuff. Yeah, you're you're famous now. Diego keeps bugging me. He wants like you to come out, and then either I turn face, which is good guy, because everyone loves you, and then like you save me with like I, like the power of love or whatever. Very cheesy. Or you have a heel turn, and then you're a villain, and then you beat people up. It's not like real. It's just like part of the show. Uh that sounds really fun, but I think I wouldn't want to be the. I th- I think I would want to be a good guy. Is that a narrative you're cool with? I'm not overly invested in the story stuff. It's mostly, uh, I mean, I only started wrestling to fill out my portfolio. I mean, I went to school for acting. I'm hoping to like do like movies and stuff after this. I kind of just did this because I was in shape for it, and then it just kind of became a big thing and stuff. So I'm like, I'm not. I'm hoping I'm not here in five years still being the same character. That would be a bummer. Okay, well then, yeah, I think it. I think it'd be bad for my uh, hashtag brand <laughs> if I did a heel turn, and it may be good for you and your popularity because people like good guys, right? I mean, there are people who love villains, and there are people who love heroes. But I feel like the the heroes are usually more marketable to the younger age groups. Yeah. Yes. Just where the toys are. Yeah, and they, they, they're definitely the merch drivers. And the older guys buy subscriptions. It's a whole thing. There's like a tiered system. Not mine. That's Diego's, you know, for thing. Yeah, uh, I would love to do a match together. And we'll be like badass good girl superhero team. Are you okay with the Desert Dragon showing up? Because there's that viral video of you throwing them out of a train. Is that awkward? I mean... I'm unbothered. <laughs> okay. They can come I, at me again. I'll throw off a train again. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Can you get, can you use your magnet powers to bring a train into the arena? <laughs> I don't know if they're that strong, but maybe if it was like one of those kitty trains that like, you know, they have it like parks and stuff. It'd be like a hollow set train. We're not going to bring a real train. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's fucking throw them off a train. <gasps> or throw the train onto them. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> I think they'd die. Nah, it's this. It's not a real train, dummy. But then it won't do anything. That's wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I see. Mm-hmm. My eyes have been opened. <laughs> <laughs> you dweeb. You're a dweeb. You're a dweeb. You're a dweeb. But- Come on, keep this up, keep this up, come on. We got we got another hour to fill here, folks. Dears, it's all right, dears, both of you are, are, are dweebs. <laughs> oh God, your parents could hear this the whole time. Mom, do you have any dessert bread? 
<laughs> oh yeah i got ten, tons of dessert but i even got a little bit that you brought back last time i keep a lot of extras in the back of the fridge you know what stores it for four years they say <laughs> i read it i read it on the uh smace book oh we were reading that weren't we did we were reading that <laughs> yeah remember i had the cute little the little yellow thing with the one big eyeball that makes all the funny voices oh he always makes me laugh <laughs> Oh, God, that's too real. (laughs) (laughs) My mom loves minions, y'all. Oh, fuck. Okay, we might need to end there because I can't think of any way to top that revelation. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed this wholesome family hour. Yeah, this was not particularly planned. Like, you individually kind of knew what we were doing, but we didn't, like, get together and decide on a theme. Skitch, you're next. Level nine. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I love you guys. I am going to destroy all of you. You, you, you wish. Um, <laughs> now, that sounds like flirty dialogue at the end of the last scene. Like, the last thing you hear from Lenora's room is, yeah, why don't you make me? <laughs> oh, no. And that's how it starts, folks. <laughs> that's how it starts. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Ed is level nine overall, but instead of taking another level in either sorcerer or rogue he took another level in ranger so now he's a level one rogue six sorcerer and two ranger at this point P- picking up his second level in ranger um gives him a fighting style where he took archery which means he has a plus two to attack rolls with ranged weapons and he also gains the spell casting feature from the ranger side of things so his spell slots increased a little uh, increased a little bit He also gains two spells, which were Hunter's Mark, which is basically he picks out a target, and every time he hits them with a weapon attack, it does a bonus 1d6 damage. And then Hail of Thorns, where he maintains concentration until he hits a target with a ranged weapon attack, and then an explosion of thorns shoots out, causing extra 1d10 damage per spell level used, halved by a dexterity save. So, you know, totally pacifist things that rangers do, you know, typical things. <laughs> yeah, I see everyone's gearing up for the final uh, arc of this season. What? You, you're you're imagining things there, mister. Um, <laughs> for my downtime scene, I want to level grind. <laughs> well, there's a certain type of grind that uh, Ed might be concerning with, and that is sort of... There's basically a period of time after the realization set in that Justice Alistair gave the team carte blanche when it came to just running the administration department. Basically, he and Martis spent some time that night coming up with a bit of a plan to start setting the tone in the building and start skewing the people in the building towards their side when it came to... mm, future measures they might try to push uh, through, you know, official paperwork, being rubber stamped, you know, nothing too subterfuge maybe. So they spend the night, they, uh, they kind of work up some things. There's one point after a day or two of prep where they essentially do a blast-like email to the entire uh, staff in the admin building, indicating that there is going to be sort of a mandatory... Uh, staff meeting early the following day and of course there's going to be a bunch of people who hit reply all <laughs> and create an unnecessary chain of emails 
asking for details before people say stop reply hit reply all <laughs> i really like the idea that a reply all snafu becomes a plot point in our show <laughs> here's a tip y'all never reply all just don't just don't there's no reason don't copy that floppy don't reply all <laughs> don't download that car don't download that car speaking about downloading cars um uh, what what they also what um, Ed and Marta's also do is they make sure to kind of spend some time sourcing and putting together like a very very nice suit combination because they want to go in there looking particularly uh, fancy, <clears throat> and essentially they roll into the administration building uh, the morning of the meeting they called in, walk in and proceed to do sort of a sort of stereotypical corporate presentation to help outline the future goals of the administration department. Um, I envisioned this, including flagrant uses of the disguise self spell to transition Ed's appearance into that of Mardis with a different suit coloration as the two trade off talking about different topics. So it sort of acts like sort of a, here's a, we're the two CEOs. Here's our plan for the future. To, and we want to make sure that you all are on our side to make sure that everyone here is ready for the future of Valentine. I'm very you know. on board with this, as long as at some point either Ed or Mardis uh, makes the point that two heads are better than one. Just like, that seems like a very like <laughs> twin CEOs thing to do. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they've, already, they've already got banners made that features drawings of both Ed and Mardis kind of pointing at slogans for the company <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, kind of kitschy and stuff like that. We have to synergize our core competencies. Yes. Brand. <laughs> Just throwing out terms. Help we help you, you know? That's, uh, sorry, like, and stuff like that. So basically, they'll open up the presentation going, Greetings, everyone. Thank you for showing up and taking a little bit of your time with us. Obviously, we got um, donuts, coffee, juice, and such in the back. And as I indicated in the messages to you all, later on the day, once everything's in order, we're going to do some team building by proxy of taking everyone out go-karting, you know, just <laughs> making sure that everyone is on board and clear about what we are all about here in the administration department. Oh, yeah, you're way better than the old boss. Yay! <laughs> are we going to do trust falls? I love trust falls. I love go-karting. <laughs> Can we go paintballing after? Where's Handsome Chris? I want him to be my trust fall partner. No, I want Handsome Chris. <laughs> hey, Handsome Chris is right over there. Everyone, just get a hand for that guy. You yeah. Know? Woo! Love him. God, how'd he get so handsome? But as you all know, uh, my name is Noise Machine, but I'd like to just, you know, I want us to be friends. <laughs> so please call me Ed and call me Mardis as we strive to do the best we can to make you into best into the best use you have ever been. Please, my father was Mr. Noise Machine. <laughs> and so that's kind of how they set up and proceed with the presentation. Can I roll a performance to see how well the audience eats it up? Of course. Uh, so let's go ahead and pull up the tab here. Uh, this is also nice because this is an expertise skill, so this should hopefully pay off well. Um, let me just double check to make sure my bonus is correct. All right. Uh, 31. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, cause Ed has a bonus of plus 12 to performance checks. Ha! Huh. Wow, wow, wow. They're trying to put on like the most like vacuous, but charismatic presentation they could 
for effectively the new heads of the co- for the new heads of the company to ensure that the employees are on our side uh, when necessary later on if we need to get a lot of stuff drafted in paperwork. Rumors start to swirl that Alistair died and you guys are actually just the new leaders now. <laughs> like, And you don't do anything to, to dissuade them from thinking that. So I like having like the ideas of like pictures of Ed slash Martyrs get posted up in some areas, like with approving looks on their faces to ensure that everyone is just on board for the future synergistic ideals. Oh, I thought it was going to be like hanging there, baby. With, like, Ed hanging from a tree. <laughs> Just nothing but motivational memes, but all replaced with Ed's face. The the motivational pictures with cats are all Marty, you know? <gasps> the, wow. Ed, Ed already has a pet cat for that purpose there. Sure. Um, so that's basically it. The other thing that eventually happens is he... Find, Ed will basically... Ed and Mars will kind of sort out kind of who they can trust the most kind of from the employees. And at one point... After they kind of find one or two people to help out with legalese related matters, start setting out particular um, clauses, doctrines, measures, and such to be inserted into future proposals as acquisitions are made. It are made. Um, I can go into some detail about these now, but I'd rather wait until later on when it's more relevant. But that's basically what Ed is working on at this point: is essentially creating some strong tightly uh tightly compacted and you know airtight legal language to help with certain goals for the future yeah so you went over the employees of the administration branch while frank kind of starts uh undermining media um you guys are making like good progress in the game we're not gonna get too deep as you said into the legalese because it's not super good radio but the important thing is you have gained a massive support base in this company you're only you're supposed to be doing work but not supposed to be like overshadowing your boss and you're doing that so Mm -hmm. that's a good power play outside of that um i was thinking it'd be nice to make get in touch with kyle and the other groups but the other people from back at the casino but that's going to be fairly mundane, just sort of like checking in and just starting to have a dialogue with them again during their downtime between sets and otherwise. So just establishing the fact that Ed is making good on his contact with Kyle and just trying to keep touch with uh, keep in touch with the with the band. I presume you're going to warn the new member that he's going to be set up to take a fall for the crimes of the rest of the group that Harker sets them up with at some point. <laughs> Yes, more uh, effectively. The the one interesting question that Ed will run by the, the group is whether the new bass player has the same types of compartments that Ed does. Just for, like, hiding weapons and stuff? Yes. Yeah, I assume that's part of the model. Yep. Other than that, though, it's just sort of like they haven't talked in five years, and so now they're just getting back to actually communicating for once. Like, you know, Ed sends pictures of kind of like a little bit what his, what his place looks like to Kyle and... You know, just to kind of let him know that he's doing well enough. Oh, he's got a buddy. I mean, you could even have him come into town and like play shows for your um mm-hmm. your employees now. I guess <laughs> like private parties. There, there might be there might be a necessary time to have the band come over to you know r- put on a nice show for the administration branch. You know, during one of our uh, once we reach one of our milestones. You know, once we once we get our quarterly reports and we've hit certain metrics. On our uh, on our grander goals, um, fiscal. Then we could fiscal. Once we had a particular fiscal goals, um, we can also uh, what was it? So 
marked we could do some mark to market accounting to ensure that you know we take advantage of future profits because future profits are current profits and ensure that any shareholders are very very happy stocks stocks bonds love bonds also mark to market accounting was one of the biggest horseshit things ever done and the fact they even made it legal is obscene during the recording of this season, uh, the Frank Dodd Act was repealed. Probably not the place and time to talk about it, but if you think Valentine is bleak, ooh, ooh boy, get ready for real life in the next couple of years. Yo, too real. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ed, you, for your downtime, you try to invert uh, the, the, the incoming real life, the, all the bad stuff that's happening in real life. You try to stop in the fantasy world. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a power fantasy, video games. <laughs> Damn right. Oh, dear. We have one last level up scene. Rat girl. Yeah, what up? Rat girl, rat girl. Rat girl, rat girl. Rat girl. So Reese is now level nine. Mm. She took her level nine in Bard. I'm going to get something bad out of the way first. I rolled on health and got a one. So that's <laughs> not great. Well, you always take the max. Nah, it's more fun to roll it. It's more fun to risk it. Risk it all. See, I've, I've been risking the rolls just because I have a minus one. Uh, if, if I if I go for the five, so I end up with four. So I'm like, yeah, let's take the rolls. The the, the, the fun part is that if you have a uh, like a, a six in constitution and roll a one on your health die, your maximum health decreases when you level up. It is just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so basically the only real thing of note that you get at level nine for a bard is an extra spell slot and you get your first access to a level five spell slot. And I considered a couple different options, but the spell I went with is Synaptic Static, Ooh. which is uh, the first time I've actually taken a combat related spell with Reese, which I think kind of goes to reflect the fact that she realizes, uh, you know, the reality is they might have to fight something at some point. So just having the ability to fucking make pictures glow is probably not the best thing. Uh, so uh, it's a psychic spell that could do some kind of crazy stuff there. <laughs> Roll to avoid crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to read the whole fucking thing. It's like, there's a whole bunch of words, creatures, constitution, saving throws, intelligence score is a factor in it. Fuck that noise. It does cool psychic shit. You'll see it when you see it. <laughs> yada, 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 numbers. I may never cast it or use it just like mm -hmm. my slingshot from last season. All right? It may be very unintentional. And, uh, Wait, is that foreshadowing for a slingshot this season? I wish. I have no oh, idea. I've got to write still. some fanfic about that slingshot now. Wait, so what? So Reese's downtime. She is currently parked inside the loser mobile uh, outside of uh, Beauregard Beauregard fashion textiles industry i don't remember the name <laughs> yeah beatrice's Bo place yep beauregard textiles she's parked outside of there and her plan is to currently infiltrate it and get uh incriminate evidence that uh b Bo, whatever we're calling uh him is using his his new power to kill people and he is he's committing crimes of murder this is great please roll stealth uh, well, before we actually get to that, oh fuck! <laughs> uh oh, he's got to He's got to swerve on me. Yeah, <laughs> Reese, is Reese is currently seen in the car, and uh, she is talking to the person in the passenger seat, which is Cat. And she's currently kind of shaking as she's you know going over these ludicrous notes she puts up, and Cat will turn to her and just be like, "Are you worrying too much about this shit? All you gotta do is just go in there, get to the top, take a look inside of her room." And do you got it? And then you're you're 
your spell does the rest of the shit. Your your clear voyeur or whatever it is that that shit. It's it's clairvoyance actually. It's different than that, but you got you got the gist. Uh, but it's. I mean, it sounds like she can kill people with just a word, so it's kind of scary. Not knowing what's going to be going on with that. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit scary, but I don't know. You're the big fucking revolutionary now. You got to take those risks, right? Yeah, I guess so. You know, I guess just got to gotta gather my courage and everything like that. And she's going to start, like, going to put on her mask. And Kat's going to be like, Yo, you're not still doing the superhero shit, are you? Come on now, you gotta put that stuff away. You're playing for real now, right? Uh, I guess. Shh. Shit, you've already helped take somebody's life at this point. You don't need to still play in the innocent game, right? And while we at it, you still need to keep calling me up here every so often? Talk through your feelings? It's a bad look, Reese. Rude. Yeah, I thought when I conjured you up, you'd be nicer. Well... I mean, you're not really conjuring me up. You're conjuring a collective image of that because, uh, you know, the actual me wouldn't actually know what collective image was. <laughs> so, you know, it just kind of shows you it. But I mean, if the me that's here now is kind of mean to you, I'd kind of figure that's because deep in your subconscious, you cognitively realize the real cat was kind of a bitch, too. <sighs> Thanks, cat. Always great to have these talks. And then the major image of Cat will fade away and Reese is going to get out of the car and then begin the actual mission. He got you. He got all yeah, of you. Admit yeah, you got God. That, no, I was God. That was that, was that bit of like... <laughs> I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't God. I called it as soon as I... I mean, like, I was God for a minute and then I was like, oh, I bet I was like, I bet thing. it's going to be a thing. But just, just in case, I'm just going to shut the fuck up and listen for a minute. Because <laughs> I wouldn't put anything past Chris and Austin. Yeah, y'all are sneaky. <laughs> Uh, I certainly am. All right, so I need a stealth roll then. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're see. gonna enter as a rat, you get advantage because you're small. Rat girl. So twenty. All right. You sneak in like a rat. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, so you you poignantly leave behind your mask, um, symbolically even, uh, as you close the door, walk out, turn into a rat, sneak across the lawn. Um, you sneak into Beauregard Textiles. I assume you do this like at night mm. um, to attract the least amount of attention. I, you, you slip as the last employee leaves for the day. You slip into the crack in the door behind them. Uh, very, very good. You've been planning this for a while probably. It's a long downtime. Uh, you scurry around to a vent maybe. Uh, get yourself into the ducks with a 20. You're not going to have any issues because this building is not particularly heavily defended. There are guards here. And some of them have guns, but they're not expecting any kind of major incursion. Plus, who would expect a rat in a clean northern valentine? Hmm? <laughs> mm. They didn't rat trap their air vents, those fools. Class contrast. Um, so you work your way through some vents. Um, why don't you make a, let's say, survival to work your way through these vents using your rat senses to find out where you need to go? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, can it be uh, investigation? <laughs> I put my mind to it. 
Use your snout. I was thinking it's more about your rat senses, which are more of like survival, but I'm not going to fight okay, you snout. if you really want to use investigation. Well, here's the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, investigation, I have a plus eight to. Oh, shit. Survival, I have a negative three to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, these are both very fun. Both very juicy. Um, I'm going to say that you Roll need- both. No, you ro- roll me survival because you got the p- the advantage for being a rat. Now you need to have a consequence for being a rat. Four. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Reese, you're working your way through these vents and you with your little rat nose, you smell a bird, the brown bear. And you think wherever bird is, that's surely her office, right? Absolutely. I'm glad you're on the same page. So you exit the vent where the bird's smell is, and you find yourself face to face (laughs) with bird. (laughs) Logically, that is how that would work out. And it is exactly how it works out. And so you lock eyes as you exit this vent uh, with bird, the brown bear, who goes and using a paw, a mighty paw, pushes the vent cover down, trapping you in here with it and it gets up in your face with its each tooth is the size of your body (laughs) and bird repeats itself okay uh what's in this room uh you see that you have found yourself in a um you found yourself in the break room a bird is in here eating everybody's uh stuff in the fridge all the employee (laughs) meals that they have like labeled with their names and stuff you see he was like snout deep into like rebecca's egg salad or something (laughs) and you just came out you caught him raiding the the employee fridge okay so can i cast spells while i'm a rat uh you need to be able to make somatic if you if the spell requires somatic gestures you need your human hands okay so do i think i can outrun a bear for a moment (laughs) that's the question uh I'm going to start shape-shifting back into a human, or an elf, rather, and I want to start casting a spell. Mm-hmm. I want to cast a uh, major image, mm-hmm. and I want to conjure the image of Lenora. I knew it! <laughs> All right, nice. I love this. I'm not even going to make a check, because um, it's, a, it's a bear, and it has bear-level intelligence, so even if you, like, you know... You didn't even if you did a bad image, I think Bird would fall for it. Um, so you conjure up an image of Lenora, Bird's best friend, um, and Bird's noises take on a happy tone. And he goes over and uh, starts sniffing around, trying to find Lenora's scent. Doesn't find it, but then starts licking at your like uh, new elf bot. You're a half elf, correct? Yeah, no, she's wood elf. Okay, so you're a wood elf. So she starts like uh, Bird starts like licking you uh, on around the like the legs and stuff, and like circling you, trying to find Lenora's scent, but. Okay. Adam. So now I'm going to start drawing an image of Bird and uh, me being excruciatingly great best friends. Like, we're the best of friends. And it's going to take a minute to draw this because it's very detailed. But after it's done, the bear needs to make a wisdom saving throw. How smart is, how wise is this bear? A crit. Oh, he's so wise. That's very unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah. So what was your spell? It uh, wasn't a spell. It was actually one of my features. Uh, as a bard of College of Glamours, I could basically have enthralled the bear to make it idolize me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, it passes the check. So it does it, but it doesn't know I tried to charm it. All right. So that's good. You don't have any negative consequences of this. It knows you're not Lenora, and it smells that. It's mostly just confused. It's not angry. To be fair, it actually can't know. Uh, it can smell Lenora because Major Image produces smells. 
Oh, snaps. It creates sound, smells, and temperature according to the thing depicted. So even Lenore's weird, clammy hands, it can, it can <laughs> conjure those two. Um, <laughs> when did we establish that I have weird, clammy hands? Oh, remember all your clammy hands. They're very, they're very warm and cold at the same time. It's weird, but I love you anyway because you're my daughter. How did you know I have clammy hands, IRL? Your mom said that in the last scene. Austin, edit, Austin, edit that into the scene from before. That's how improv works, Lauren. If someone owns you before you put up an owning shield, you get owned. But how I, I do have clammy hands sometimes. IRL, how do you know? I just, uh, you know, made a shot in the dark. Cold reading. He can tell. Got a clam sensor. Improv magic. So I want to try to do something different then. And I don't know if this will work. But I want to draw and create cast a spell hallucinatory, hallucinatory terrain. To create an enchanted fucking super pimp forest in, in this, like, break room. Mm-hmm. One that's, like, super crazy cool looking. All right. So what do I need to roll for that? Uh, If the bear is trying to figure out that it's an illusion, it's intelligence check. Oh, no. Or investigation. Investigation, specifically. Yeah. Even worse. Uh, Eight. Bird fails is a fail yeah so he believes that this is a super enchanted forest all right so bird begins bounding around the employee break room uh chasing butterflies uh sniffing trees um just doing all kinds of really good bear shenanigans i'm going to try to use this opportunity to sneak out of the room mm-hmm. and then continue my search all right Uh, So now you are in elf form, walking down the hallway in here. You haven't been to Beatrice's room before as Reese, which is why you need to be there in person to cast the spell Clairvoyance, I believe, is how that works. I I need to know where it is being cast. Yes. So this mission is about getting that information to cast a surveillance spell. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't you make one last check here? Uh, This time you can do Investigation. With your good stat. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and this would be the one I botch. Uh, 12, so not great. Uh, not great, but it is above average. And so you don't need incredibly great skill to try to find the head person's office. You just go to the executive elevator um, and you just take it up. Um, it is not locked um, and you can take it if you want. Um, let's see here. Complications. You do see a camera in the hallway leading up to the executive e- elevator. There's two ways I can go about this. Well, three. One is turn into a rat, go up there and nibble on them wires so it turns the camera off like a Splinter Cell game or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is to try to sneak around the camera. Three might be the most fun one, though, but it could potentially blow the cover off everything. How would you sound to the idea of casting major image to look like Blood Maw the Invincible? <laughs> And basically walking in the illusion into the room so the camera thinks it's just Blood Maw looking in there. Um, I don't have major image in front of me. Do you want to read the parts that seem relevant to that plan? So major image basically just creates the illusion of something that is no larger than a 20 foot cube. And it lasts for the range of duration. It seems completely real. This is the same thing I used to create in Lenora. I can alter its appearance so its movements feel natural for the image. So I can create the image of it's moving and so alter the image so it appears to be walking and things like that. Yeah. That's... Uh, it's not specifically like an alter self spell or disguise self. This is an illusion that's separate that I have to basically walk inside of to appear as though I'm Blood Maw the Invincible right now. 
Yeah, that sounds like it would work really well. Or you could just walk next to it and it blocks your view uh, from the camera. So the camera just sees yeah. Blood Maw. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that because Blood Maw is a thick boy. He's a very big so, boy. <laughs> plenty plenty of room to hide. For those who don't remember, Blood Maw is a specific kind of demon that is a, like a very large uh, orangutan or gorilla, depending on the edition of D&D. He's just a very, very hefty, muscular, uh, demonic absolute ape. Absolute unit. To the most absolute of units. So you hide behind him effortlessly. You make your way into the executive elevator. Uh, goes up to uh, Bo's private suite. The door is open and you see Bo's lavish a personal headquarters, her private office, which is enormous. It's it's just really uh, both wide and long, and everywhere in here are canvases with works of art. There's all kinds of racks with uh, swatches and bolts of fabrics, uh, all kinds of projects. Like uh, It seems like Bo was on a real creative tear recently, just designing up a storm, and this room is just filled from hell to breakfast with uh, detritus. Like if you were in a Bethesda game, you could just make, you know, piles and piles of random items. You you would be over encumbered if you tried to take everything out of here. Okay. So I'm going to start with all the wheels of cheese so I can eat this if I get into a fight later on. Uh, all right. I'm glad we both thought about the same joke. I didn't know if I wanted to go there immediately or work up to it, but yes. Now nah, we get to that point later on. Okay. Uh, I would like to try to see if I can spot a, a, a place that looks like it has vantage point on Bo and her desk. Yeah, so there's also vents in here, one assumes. One that if you had crit that survival check earlier, you would have been able to go to here directly. You can see that now, and uh, that would be a really great place to put the clairvoyance sensor. Okay, so all I need to specifically know is... Basically, as long as I'm within a mile of this location, I can cast the spell here. So I don't have to be in the room specifically to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to now, I guess, try to get out of here quietly. All right. So you walk past all of the um, the objects in here looking for the vent. You walk past a table with all kinds of drawings on it. You walk past a uh, station where there's like scissors and thread and all kinds of new gowns. And it's all just a, a cornucopia of really cool creative elements. You see the vent. You make a note of it. You get a good sense of it for your spell and you start walking back to the elevator, at which point it dings. The door is open and you see Beatrice Beauregard walk out and she is followed by a drone, uh, specifically a spiky drone, the likes of which Reese has never seen. The party has seen it before once in a train. Um, it is the personal drone of Solomon Luna. Um, this uh, drone is modeled after the kind of lizard Solomon is, which is a, a spiky desert a spiky desert lizard. This drone has this kind of feel to it where it has like spines on it, but they're not for defense. Each of them can project holograms and illusions and stuff. Um, Thorny Devil is the kind of lizard I'm thinking of specifically. Um, so you see this drone is following Bo and one of its spines is projecting an image of Solomon Luna, who is a lizard folk of the of the thorny devil variety. And they seem to be in conversation. And Bo says to Solomon as they exit the elevator, Saul, your plan failed. Don't be such a sore loser. And Solomon shoots back. Blood in the streets is not good for business. And they seem to be bickering. How far away is the vent so you started walking back so you need to run back that you would leave you exposed to run for it what if i tried taking the long way around as a rat so that i go behind basically where his desk is mm -hmm. and like follow the walls around and use that to get around to the other side where the vent is 
Yeah, so you, uh, stealth check with advantage. Okie dokie. Uh, 28 and 28. Wow, roll 20 really wanted you to roll a 28. It's very, very perceptive of that. All right, so Beatrice Beauregard, head of fashion, and Solomon Luna's drone uh, carrying his uh, hologram enter the room. You immediately switch into a rat, scurry behind some art supplies, and start making a trek around the outside of the room to avoid detection on your way to the vent. In the meantime, you continue hearing Bo and Solomon converse. Um, Bo says, Soon everyone will fall in line. There is no more need for violence. And Solomon says, It is easy to negotiate from a position of strength, Beauregard. But you will find that we are all much more dangerous when cornered. They're kind of like peacocking. <laughs> They're both trying to seem like cool and strong and dangerous. And Bo isn't, simply isn't having it. And she says, Solomon, you are the chairman. You've spent a lot of time at the top, so I realize this must be difficult for you. But I am not your underling anymore. You are Solomon Luna, a man who owns a dying newspaper and some television channels. That is nothing compared to me now. And Solomon says, Yes, so impressive. Beatrice Beauregard, conduit of miracles. We're all so very impressed. Uh, and you make it to the vent, Reese. I feel like I kind of want to sit around for a little bit longer and hear what they're saying. Can I do it from the safety inside of the vent? Yeah, you absolutely can. Okay. I want to do that. I want to listen in a little bit longer. All right. You crawl up into the vent. Uh, Bo sits down at her desk and Solomon's drone <laughs> waits dutifully on the other side. The, the projection of Solomon just kind of standing there and continuing to argue. And Solomon says, Bo, I come from a long line of powerful men. Reaching back into the age of gods, we were priests of beings you cannot even begin to comprehend. And you, with your measly power, think you can challenge that lineage? And Bo sits down, uh, rifles through her desk, finds some like fashion shoot photos she was looking for, and says, <laughs> actually, just doesn't say anything. He just makes a dismissive wanking gesture. <laughs> <laughs> Like, ooh, big deal. I'm a spiky lizard. My dad was important. Uh, and Solomon gets very mad about this and says, the original Beatrice knew how to play the game. I thought you were different than Skell. Each recreation is more disappointing than the last. And Bo says, I don't know. I feel like we keep getting better. I mean, Bird is great. I'm great. I'm sure the next one will be great, too. And where will you be? You and your great lineage begging on a corner somewhere. Do you just continue to watch from the vent, Reese? I want to right now almost like slide myself on out like on a recording, just like, peek! <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, I want to try to sneak through the vents to a place. Mm -hmm. If I want to try to sneak out to the van, to like to loser mobile... And when I get to that point, I want to try to cast clairvoyance on the room in that spot. Yeah. Uh, with audio to see if I'm able to pick up anything in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, Reese, you as a rat, work your way back through the vents. You make your way out of Beauregard Textiles, jump back in the loser mobile, uh, take a minute to catch your breath. And then you cast clairvoyance, a very powerful spell uh, that sets up a sensor at a location you're familiar with to spy on people. 
you set it up just inside the vent where you were watching them mm. and you catch the end of that conversation. Is it possible to record this? Because this is like a techno magical series, we will at some point establish how that works. Okay. Uh, but for the moment, you just see the last end of this conversation as Solomon says, my first plan got rid of half of my competitors, Bo. How do you think the second one will fare? Uh, so wait, what did he say again? Dude, his first plan got rid of half his competitors, which I'm interpreting as his first plan was to use Katarina to get rid of his other competitors. Right, yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. And Bo says, good luck on finding someone as deranged as that wrestler. She was one in a billion. Rude. And Solomon says, another one. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. And he just, uh, his hologram smiles as it flickers out and the drone begins floating out of the room. Oh my god, did Katarina get the mountain? Did, 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 would Solomon just become <laughs> DJ uh, Khaled? Is that what he just did? <laughs> Another one. Is clone clone Tarina? <laughs> um, Alright, so Reese, you make your way back to the administration building. Um, you hook up the sensor to some kind of, kind of recording device. Yes. Um, and then you gather the rest of Team Loser to talk about uh, what you've learned, and maybe to make some kind of plan that can be passed along to Alexander LeVay to maybe undermine media while you try to undermine fashion and Ed tries to undermine administration. So a lot going on Tries there. to. Tries to. Nora makes out with the bird lizard. Hey, everyone has priorities. Yours are valid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so to end this uh, episode, what do you guys, uh, how do you guys parse all that's happened today? I've, I've, I've got a, uh, a suggested plan of attack that I think is uh, maybe worth. Well, we're, we're, where are we meeting first and foremost? Yeah, I was in the administration building since just as Alistar isn't there. Just, just to kick us off, I've, uh, I've got a, a plan title that I want to run by you guys. I want to see what you think of it. Um, Leverage our success empowering residents. Loser. It's the loser plan. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. In the background of this uh, conference room uh, is the live feed from Bo's office. And you guys see that um, he, the way he designs fashion is almost like an art form unto itself. Like he dances around the room effortlessly from project to project. And you recall in Blackacre, the very first heist, you guys found a recording of Skell talking about how after Bo underwent some process, he was able to increase his artistic output a thousandfold. And you guys are just watching him work and you're like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Yeah. It's all coming so, together. Um, yeah, just just an update on where I'm at. Um, We've potentially got some help in media, but one thing that we really need to nail down if we're going to have Alexander's help is we need some cohesive, like, message, like a, you know, snappy one sentence. What is it we're trying to do? What message are we hoping to get to the people with the with what we're doing? Down with capitalism. The important thing is we have to do the messaging in such a way where it doesn't tip off people, you know, off vacationing in Lorelei what's happening here. Granted, I think just a little massaging of the message we can use, you know, entendre, wordplay, what the cool kids like. 
and make sure that everyone that is important understands what we're trying to do here. Alexander will take care of the massaging. Really, what we're trying to find out here is what is your guys' actual vision for the future of Valentine? Like, yes, the people in charge are bad, but what do you got? I want to throw out an idea. It's probably not good, but I like playing with it. Uh, Valentine's future, no more games. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking That's god! Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's punchy. You can make it fit on a lot of merchandise, which is great for just making the message spread. I'd wear that shirt. Fucking hell, Chris! Every time. Should Should I just like message Alexander like right the heck now that sentence? Because like I'm th- that's good. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely the fucking slogan. That's the graffiti. Like, yes. Say that in my wrestling match. We got ourselves a slogan, and that's the we the thing that everyone can latch on to. We're done now. Pack it up, boys. <laughs> it's very good. I, Austin, am still very curious, though, and I know that none of you signed up for a political science class, but I am, I am maybe this is just me, interested in what you guys uh, are envisioning for what comes next. My, my, my general envisioning is... Um, take steps to secure ownership of the branches of Crown that are still vacant and, in, and insert language into the acquisitional documents that the main idea is that after some period of time after signing relinquishes ownership down to the workforce in a distributed manner. Are you suggesting turning this into a workers' cooperative? <laughs> yes! Essentially, people will sign anything if it has a nice sounding acronym tied to it, right? So, to be clear, transitioning to a worker cooperative would still be within capitalism. It would just be a different structure. It'd still be corporatocracy. It's just that people would own the corporations instead of individuals, which is a totally legitimate answer to my question. I just want to be clear that you guys are still still working within markets of capital. It basically at least one stage transitions the ownership to those who actually are doing the producing and there and therefore the people who are working have an equal stake and a shared stake with respect to how the company uh, progresses and such. That's my idea. But then again, then we got to take care of the people who can't work. That's that's well, that's that way's distribution. Well, that that's that well, that's that takes that's a different step in general. Like, I'm talking about strictly what stuff lives within, within Crown. The other parts we have to figure that step as well. I just don't know how to frame the, the that thing well. The thing that jumps out to me about Crown right now is that like the big thing that they're doing is they don't want to hand over their wealth and power, and that there is no system for new people moving into that position without it being a very violent upthrow. Like, some kind of system where, like, the people can vote for someone new to be in charge. Maybe a democracy of some kind would be a good place to start. We have one poli sci major listener who's turgid right now. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I studied science at school and dropped out, and now I review video games. I was not prepared for this D and D season to be. How are you going to reform, like? capitalism's fuck-ups. <laughs> Long story, there are political revolutions and there are social revolutions. These don't necessarily overlap. There is the, there's what you guys talk about democracy. That's government. You guys talk about worker co-ops. That doesn't need to be government. These things can right. overlap. They can complement. They can contradict. Yeah. It's yeah. buck wild in here. <laughs> the, 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 the notion from that angle was more from the standpoint of this is something that 
is easily implementable from our position through the administration branch, specifically via legislation. Other measures, I just don't know of a mechanism that we can pull it off by offhand. It's been a, a long season, about six months of us thinking about this world and how maybe you'd want to save it. And so I feel eventually this conversation was going to happen, but mm-hmm. we don't have to solve it right now, this minute. I think as a good place to start, the idea that transitioning ownership of the corporatocracy to the workers is a great place to start. We can always evolve from there. Maybe we open up elections or something. Mm-hmm. That could happen yep. next. Mm-hmm. Got to take steps. Also look after people who can't afford to look yep. after themselves. That's a big thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Austin Yorsky in the real world, number one priority, the social safety net and so forth, that it does involve setting up a government, which this society just straight up doesn't have. It's right. It's it's just a straight up corporatocracy. Yeah. So that I mean, that is my priority. But I think in this world, in this scenario, that can be like step two, three, four, whatever you guys decide later. But we don't need to go too dark. Too far down that right now. Too dark. <laughs> too dark. Please, Oops. Too dark. Yeah, it was Freudian. Um, does everybody want to sign on to that so far? Yes. Yes. Sure. Yes. Chris is like, I nailed the slogan. What else do you want? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, Chris, you did your work. You got us the slogan. We're good. <laughs> I open up my Mary Poppins umbrella and fly out of the room. <laughs> so as you guys adjourn that discussion uh something happens on the video feed behind you what that video feed do (laughs) you see beatrice beauregard hard at work um i didn't describe beatrice's clothing i'm going to do so now beatrice uh in at you know the end of her work day um having a meeting with a co-worker going up to her office is in pretty casual wear which for beau means uh, basically dressed like the Pope. Um, Bo is extra 24-7-365. So, Same! <laughs> I just want to say, if however elaborate you think this fashion designer's clothing might be during the creative process, <laughs> times that by 100. It's absolutely preposterous. And you guys are almost mesmerized by the, the excess and the, the glamour of this process. Just jumping from canvas painting to, uh, to fabric and, you know, sewing them together to jumping to some kind of computer program that lets them do the minority report air designing with different screens and stuff. And halfway through watching this, there is an explosion in the office. Uh, Bo is knocked down. A lot of the art supplies go flying. Um, the camera doesn't capture the source of the explosion, but it does capture something walking into frame. And if you'll direct your attention to the roll 20, you will see it too. It is a 10 foot tall beast, a creature, uh, absolutely rippling with muscle, no visible clothes. Uh, you might call it a devil or a demon. It's not clear. It has four warped horns on top of its head and a ginormous bat-esque wings on its back. It is wreathed in black flame, which oozes off of its body. And this creature, which I'm going to call the Valentine Devil, strides across Bo's room um, with knocking aside all of her art projects, its body heat, this black fire coming off it, beginning to set fire to some of it. And Bo raises a hand at which point there is another blast of fire and Bo is knocked out of frame. The Valentine devil walks over to Bo's desk and crushes it with its fist. And from the rubble 
it retrieves a crystal containment unit. No! Full of the emanations of the world of forms, a object we call the Sephirot. Um, and it cradles it in its arms and walks back out the way it came, trailing black fire in its wake. Well, I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with us. So anyways... <laughs> Where should we go for dinner tonight, guys? Chinese? I don't know. This go-karting session I have with the rest of the team today is going to take a lot of work to to pull off effectively. I need all of you to help out. I just like to think out the window, you just see <laughs> Reese flying by on the Mary Poppins umbrella. <laughs> Her work done. June 2018. Credits. Oh, it's June already? Goddamn. I'm sorry. I'm Austin Yorsky. This is Credits. You're Lauren Morgan. This is Credits. Wow, Credits. This is our intro, always. <laughs> it's always Wow Credits. Wow Credits. Uh, music this month. Transversion, an arrangement of theme from Ghosts and Goblins by Overclock. Goblins. Remit. Goblins. Catch him in bed with a goblin. <laughs> no. Kissing goblins. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Overclock Remix, thank you. Also, Badass, an arrangement of One Week Angel from Final Fantasy VII. Also, Overclock Remix. And finally, Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, a.k.a. Neil Sisierga. Catches, catches stuff. Catch the wave. Crave the wave. Gotta listen to that music. I feel like you're getting it down because you did it extra fast this month. The music? Yeah, you like got it out so fast. Wow, gotta go fast. You're like Sianic. I like that guy. Is it? They're making a movie out of that. Have you heard about that? Yeah, there's somebody who shouldn't be in it that was gonna be in it as like a person that was friends with Sonic, right? Uh, inappropriate for their credits recording. Anyway, executive producers, June 2018. You want to read? Joseph Tombrello. Oh gosh, I thought you were gonna say yes. I want to read, and then I would. No, start. we're doing it. We're just doing it. Okay. Well, Joseph Tombrello gets two, and then I'm gonna say Extellaris. Random web person. Jade. Jesse Young. Devin Smith. Sivarden Nakasimova. Arna Helgadotter. Brent. Every episode of Dice Funk. Goatly. The Cult of Gorfanax. Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. Toshira Kuro. Andrew Grothin. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Silver. Morgan Rapp. It up every time. Morgan Rapp. Morgan Rapp. Jane Magnet. Harley Astor. Garrett. Ryan Brown. Bronze Oni. Andrew Fallow. A- Andrew Falu, conduit of mediocrity itself. Puck. <laughs> From Shakespeare. <laughs> I Ionis. Soy my name Nicolopolis. Gosh. You put this in this order on purpose. Got her. Can let things smell. Shrek. It's ogre. You got Shrek. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Joaquin Groaning. Jerry Flowers. Jessval Singh. John Barnett. Q. Cumber. Hustlebones. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Aravello. Yam. Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Gina Helver. Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z. <laughs> it's Z23619. Oh, it was so far over, I didn't even notice. 
quench the quench the void. No, I will not quench the void. You must. Adorable smile. No, I'll quench it. Busy huggles. Jay Logan, conduit of queerness itself. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say same. <laughs> same, but yes. The cast of Dungeons: The Gathering. Madison Lilith McKenzie. The notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Mazjin. Criterion. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tem. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen, conduit of name butchering. Wenwick Ford. Listen, we're doing our best. <laughs> we try really hard. I know, but it's good though. I like that everyone's adopted our lore as their naming convention and also that they keep owning us. Those They're are two owning very good things. Uh, please. Too much owning. Never too much owning. Joy, Joy Fox. Fox. Joy Fox. Rizumi Yazera. Albert West. Ken Furstall. Eleanor Nanante sees Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Juman Jack. Melly Tish. Arjun DeKonig. Grimlock. John Potts. No Sudret. Zephosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Seraph Stone. Caster UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. The Meat Copter Brigade. I don't know if that's a reference to something or if it's just awesome. It just awesome. sounds really metal. Yeah. The Meat Copter Brigade. I'm just going to say it again because it's very good. Junk 2.0. The Hetzels. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shanus. Dennis Pancake Detlefsen. Miko Kirko. <laughs> Miko from Finland. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankston. Josh Moger. Andigo Van Dane. Five Purple Wands? <laughs> That's another good band name. <laughs> Uh, Sydney Marzing. Just the Jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Lana Seawolf. Lana? I feel like I say it one way or the other every time, and I feel like no matter how I say it, you always correct me because I feel like you're out to own me. No, it's Lana, like Lan party. Lan. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to cry. No, no, <laughs> not during There's the credits. There's no crying in credits. There's okay. no crying in credits. Uh, Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stolfar. Sean, the host of Punk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Dorrit. Vigor Arnston. Cody Jackson. That's all of them. We really fucked up this month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I did my best. In our defense, mm-hmm. neither of us should be awake. That's true. Um, so other stuff that we do on this part is I say patreon.com slash Austin Yorski. That's me. Fish Shark Marketing edit- ended that other show I did. So oh, this, is, this is my income now. So that's oh, a thing. Help him, please. Please help the boy. Also, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap for Chris. Uh Bandcamp.sketch.sketch.sketch.bandcamp.sketch. Bandcamp.sketch.com for sketch. Yes. I know. Mm-hmm. I had to continue the joke. Dot com slash sketch. Yeah. Lower K Buzz. Everywhere. And also Kotaku.uk. Dot co dot UK. Websites. Websites. Um, what else? Oh, we also got I just gotta say, we don't do this every month because I'm an idiot, but we just some phenomenal fan art out there. Um we just had oh, a, yeah. yeah. It's want, all good. You want to talk about it? Uh, I like it. <laughs> Specifically, though, uh, people finished up the um, tarot project for last season. Yeah, I've been seeing some of those. That's fucking baller, guys. It's like, very good. What the fuck? 
Uh, so shout out to uh, Savarden, uh, the Dragenda, uh, <laughs> Juno Hecken Steel. I'm just looking through my likes here on Twitter. Chase Jones, Cosmignon, Levi the Ghoul, um, Adam Sane, Abyss123, Edmund Cap- Kapusniak. I'm very He's bad. Just trying. I'm trying very hard. Um, who else? Syretha. Yeah, everyone's art is killing it. Jessica Sims. What about Aline? Aline. Um, boop, boop, boop. There's a, there's a lot of people. Do we already say C questions? I don't know if they did any cards, but they do good art. Nicholas C, uh, at C questions on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. I usually see that. On t- I don't know. The, the internet. Jared Johnson. Everyone's art is phenomenal. And uh, thank you to uh, animals. Are you sure? Yeah, there's there's two cats here that are okay, I guess. Goblins. I have several scars because they're too clumsy. Uh, Smudge sounds like he's she's Smudge. Cat. Cat sounds good. Cat. Uh, Chris's dog. Scotia. Scotia. Scotia only gets this one. Scotia, no, because Chris <laughs> will murder us if we leave Scotia out ever again. Scotia's on notice. Scotia know it knows what it did. I don't know which. <laughs> I don't know pronouns. Scotia. Scotia did bo- Bork one time when we were recording. I think. I enjoyed it. Uh, also, to all the cats out there listening to the podcast, because I'm sure it happens. Meow. Oh boy.